You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Alright guys, welcome to the live stream if you're joining us. If you're not joining us, welcome to Nerd Snow Media and of course the True Penny Channel. My name is Daryl Connor. I'm joined by Dave Stevens and we have our first guest uh, from the True Penny Channel, Mr. James True Penny himself. How are things, sir? Hello, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, surviving, which is about as much as we can manage in Britain at the moment. Uh, staying alive, I believe as the BG said, is the way forward. <laughs> Well, you know, that's that's all we can kind of do right now as the this whole situation just keeps going and rolling, rolling, rolling. So, But look, 2020 sucked and it was terrible, but it was like a surprising year for wrestling. So we've actually ended up with quite a list ahead of us. And Dave was saying before we went on that we cover wrestling that happened 20 years ago. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to talk about this. But um, it was there, was there was a lot of really good stuff to talk about. And we've been kind of privileged in that sense to actually be able to talk about that good stuff because we cherry pick. So, um, but actually, um, before I get started, right, our discussions as we're kind of going forward on this because that would be uh, very much appreciated. So, James... And, uh- uh, before we jump any further, I never, normally I start all our shows by saying, hey, it's a great day for wrestling, anyone, but we're doing 2020 in review. So it is a great year for wrestling, everybody. It was. Yeah, welcome back to the only show hosted by people that don't hate wrestling. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't hate wrestling at the Troopany Show either. I would like to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't me, and Marcus, me and Marcus Green have been like accused of being the most annoyingly positive human beings on planet Earth at times. And the reason is because you don't cover WWE. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) If you covered modern WWE, I have a feeling that would change greatly. But um, but that said, there was a lot of good stuff that happened this year. So let's kind of go from uh, bottom to top here because obviously match of the year is probably the the biggest one here. Um, Okay, let's go with the Mick Foley uh, masochism award. So, uh, so Bryn obviously isn't here. He wanted to be here, but um, he couldn't be. So he picked Sammy Guevara for getting chased down by various vehicles. I think that's reasonable. I like that idea. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. Yeah, I think he it's took fair that bump better than uh, Austin took the bump from Rikishi. Oh, uh, well, well, see, here's the thing. Sammy Guevara wasn't doing it for The Rock. Oh, that's yeah. true. I don't, yeah. I don't think Austin was either, so I don't think the logic tracks, but I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, James, who have you got? My uh, masochism award went to John Moxley because mm-hmm. since he's left WWE, but specifically this year, he's put in a punishing schedule on his own body. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's taking some paternity leave to have a rest 
to be honest with you, because like running as AEW world champion and the IWGP US champion, I know we're talking about North America only, um, but, you know, he put in some astounding performances and did some really stiff stuff. And he's, what, top five wrestling star in the world? He really doesn't have to. And that's really what this award is about. Um, if you look at the annals of the Trooper News Show Awards down the years, uh, the Masochism Award has gone to guys like John Moxley, who have put things above and beyond the call of duty for professional wrestling. And I hope he has a nice rest. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Dave, who have you got? I actually have a joint award um, for this one. I'm giving it out to uh, both Nick Gage and Schlack. Both are competitors on the death scene. And uh, oh my goodness, they had an outing on February 16th. That is Dave, just, Dave. people should not, what? Dave, <laughs> people who, pick someone who people have heard of. Well, they should <laughs> these people. Well, what's the point of this? <laughs> Give me somebody who did more crazy. I know. One kick in and I'm already. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave, that's a Dave. Not little pick anybody for us today. I know. Yes. <laughs> this is what happens when you let Dave pick things. He goes too obscure. I know. It's <laughs> not too obscure. They need to be recognized. And honestly, in all sincerity, and I'm not just saying this because I'm friends as a promoter. They did. <laughs> <laughs> um, they really did have a crazy death match on February 16th. Um, and we'll get to that promotion a little bit later with some of my other picks as well. Fair, fair enough. Um, I don't know. I think uh, Sammy Guevara is a, good, a, a funny pick to go for. I would kind of um, go with you, James, with John Moxley or um, or um, oh, name's gone. Where's where's the name gone? Help. Oh, skipper dude, Darby Allen. Yes, Darby yes. Allen. That's it. Because because yeah. it, like it, it's kind of like what Moxley's doing on. The AEW side of things, Darby Allen's kind of doing in Impact, so it's it's pretty cool. Well, yeah, well, there's some few that were going on with Impact as well, so we'll kind of see what. But I like Darby Allen with the skateboard stuff, so I think so as well. I, I, yeah, I will say the best thing in wrestling, or one of the best things in wrestling that I've seen this year was Nick Gage reading the twelve days, reading the uh, Saint Nicholas story, <laughs> which is just absolutely amazing. And yep. made my Christmas. Okay, so just to clarify, I tried to give Nick Gage this award. You guys lambasted me, and then he turns around and says, "By the way, one of my favorite moments ah, of the no, year no, was no, Nick Gage." No, no, and that's no. super obscure. No, what's I, going no. on? Dara said, "I don't give it to people. No one's giving." It. I like Nick Gage. I think he's great. <laughs> I laugh because you said, "I'm not saying it just because I'm friends with the promoter." I mean, that's true. That's true. He, that's true. I, and to be fair, to be fair, John Dinsdale, my one of my co-hosts at the True Penny Show, will love you for that, Dave, because he <laughs> he loves Nick Cage. D John is the deathmatch editor at Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine and oh, covers cool. um, BJW and all the freedoms and all the death stuff on GCW and uh, everything in Japan. So John will be very happy with your choices. Can I just say one thing as well? Even though we picked Moxley and you know he kind of is like the the case in point for this i also want to go with um omega for his for his work with moxley where it's like you didn't have to do all the stuff that you did but the yeah. fact that you did it is really impressive as well so i kind of yeah. had to be like right you know it's kind of the same thing where moxley like he's already made he's a millionaire he doesn't have to do it but um omega is not that kind of wrestler at all and the fact that he's kind of put in that work and really really kind of pushed the envelope as well but in 2019 and 2020 is definitely worth a mention so um 
yeah, fair play to him. It's 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 always cool when you see people going to wrestle outside. Actually, speaking of which, I was watching um you're talking about Edge uh on some YouTube channel, I can't remember, and it's kinda like, you know, his match with Mick Foley was like the coming out party for him to kind of be a star mm. and kind of work a different style. And that's kind of what I feel John Moxley was trying to get back to, but also what um Omega was trying to prove, you know, so there's a lot of crossover. I, I kind of see that. So it's a very apt uh, category, James. Fair play. Thank you very you much. Like I appreciate it. that. It, it's the categories like kind of like stuck after the first year, but they all seem to work. If you listen to the Troopany show when we also do Japan, we were going to do Europe this year, but literally nothing happened because there was a pandemic well, on. And what did happen was yeah, awful. You don't talk. You don't want to talk. You never want to mention again. So I'm like, right, fair. Yes. I understand that. I understand that. So yeah. Um, okay. So what have we got? Okay, manager valet of the year. So Bryn has, and I, w- I wish he formatted this better. So thanks, Bryn. <laughs> so he says in quote in quotation or in parentheses, best of a bad bunch, Taz. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I. I don't know. I, James, who have you got? I've got Eddie Kingston, though he hasn't really worked as a manager per se, but he certainly has worked as a mouthpiece. He had kind of that, uh, when Mick Foley, you guys will get this reference because it's 90s wrestling, when uh, Cactus Jack was looking after the Barbarian and um, Butch Reed as kind of a mouthpiece on the microphone and kind of mm. a guider of a faction in WCW, it kind of reminded me an awful lot of that. But he's just an absolute blessed talker and why wouldn't you want him on the mic promoting guys you know I mean they spent a lot of time with um, uh, Pentagon uh, Pentagon Black and, and um, uh, Lucha Brothers dude Phoenix there you go uh, so you've got guys who aren't particularly secure in their English you want the best mouthpiece you can hand hey here's a guy who could talk the hind leg off a donkey Hit, stick him with them and it was perfect and I think Eddie Kingston has just been an outstanding year, um, despite the fact he's been all over the place. And yeah, I think for me, I think Taz has done well with that role that he's got in AEW, but the, it manages as it's not a very modern wrestling thing to talk about in valets. And we've had some good ones this year as the, there's a lot of old tropes have come back in AEW. It's very much Bill Watts style, um, Dusty Road style booking, which means you need mouthpieces, and Eddie Kingston's yeah. well placed for that. But the way I thought it was weird to uh, best of a bad bunch because of all the years with AEW basically just being WCW, um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, all right, fair enough. But yeah, that's that's fair, that's a fair uh, comparison. Dave, who have you got? Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Mandy Rose. Um, oh, Otis, interesting. Yeah, Otis had a really, really fun year. Um, at a mm. time when he did not have any reason to. He was a joke character as part of a tag team with the heavy hitters at the beginning of the year. And then as this weird triangle thing worked where he was you know, first infatuated with Mandy and then Dolph Ziggler tried to get in there with this triangle around of <laughs> Valentine's Day. It, um, Gosh, when he actually won money in the bank and just seeing like the celebrations that he had with Mandy when he won her from... Dolph Ziggler, which is as 90s wrestling as you can get right there. Like, it was just, she really got over a guy that I didn't think would have his decent run as a singles competitor. Granted, you didn't get to cash in the the case. Miz ended up winning it through shenanigans and whatnot. But I feel like she really elevated a guy that otherwise would have been on nobody's radar. Yeah, 
That sounds yeah. reasonable to me. That's fair. Um, I'm Thanks, guys. My second pick. I'm one for one in approval. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because it's a few. Like, there's so many good to pick for. Uh, good interesting characters to pick from in AEW because it's like that kind of throwback to it. So like I really liked what I seen with Jake Roberts uh working with Lance Archer. I think that this actually made him relevant. Um Tully Blanchard is you know, yeah. I like Aaron Anderson, even though I hate Cody Rhodes and this is well known. Um <laughs> I yeah, do where, like where was Arn- like the where the where was the Razzie side of this? Where was worst wrestler of the year so I could put Cody Rhodes there? Because, because, we're, positive, because we're positive people. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, I would enough. I would point out before you go any further, Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine's best wrestler of the year 2020, Cody Rhodes. Carry on. Wait, okay, the same Cody Rhodes that in 2020 got bashed open on the back of his skull with a steel chair? Yeah, no cross promotion there. Look, <laughs> look, it's okay to be wrong. Everyone has opinions, right? But uh, <laughs> I know we jest, but not really. Um, <laughs> uh, I know. But yeah, I don't know. I, I really like seeing Aaron Anderson back and... Um, yeah, for me, I think it has to go to either Anderson or Jake Roberts. Like, obviously, you go Paul Heyman, but he hasn't really been busy that year, uh, this year. So, yeah, it goes to those two Someone guys. doesn't watch WWE. No, but you know what I mean? Like, Roman Reigns, full heel yeah, turn. Yeah, I know, I know. It's at least honorable. Dude, I know. It's honorable, but, like, the Roman Reigns thing has taken its own. One, it's too obvious, and two, it's taking his turn now away where yeah he's like there but he's not as much of a mouthpiece as he was with Brock Lesnar for example it's more they're building up this tribal chief thing with the Usos so fun fact completely out of the blue Brock Lesnar got paid 12 million dollars by the WWE this year allegedly he wrestled two matches hey man make that money <laughs> John Cena got paid nine million dollars this year he wrestled one match if you even but want to call ma- it a match but, but what a match come on we'll get to that we will. we will get we will get to that. Well, we will get to that. I was shocked when I saw that figure. Now, granted, I saw it on YouTube, and as everybody knows, YouTube is just pure nonsense. It has to be true. It's on it YouTube. Absolutely. It's probably, it's probably not far off that, I would think. I mean, I was, I was, we, we, we talk about this on the Trooping Show all the time, like Toru Yano, if, if, if you're not familiar with Japanese wrestling, Toru Yano is a comedy wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. And we, we consider him the best wrestler in the world, basically because he wrestles five minutes a night and gets paid $600,000 a year for wrestling five minutes a night. And really that's that's absolutely taken the most out of what he can do, applied it better than anyone else in the wrestling industry and went from being an undercard guy on NWA's TV show where he was thoroughly entertaining and then taking it to being a main eventer in AEW within the space of nine months. And I think that deserves an awful lot of kudos because I've been a big fan of Eddie Kingston for a long time. And it, it was amazing to me as I was thinking about these awards these last few weeks that um, I'm a big Shikara fan. And obviously Shikara is not around anymore for obvious reasons. And it's a bit of a horrible end to where Shikara ended. But I look mm. at those guys in 2010 to 2014, they run the industry now. Kota Ibushi won mm. Raid of Olidors in 2011 at King of Trios. He's the IWGP heavyweight champion. The young bucks who were Campanias de Parejas are the AEW World Tag Team champions. Eddie Kingston, who was the main man of Shikara, he was the ace of the company, is a main man at AEW. 
and is a locker room leader at AEW. And to me, that shows you what kind of uh, impact those guys had. And Even Chuck Taylor. Great. Yeah, Chuck Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Chikara, yeah. just so that's kind of like one of my local wrestling promotions that I used to go to all the time. You had like Shikara and they would run the same buildings. And yeah, Evil Uno, loved him too. Yeah, exactly. Um, got some Super cool Smash pictures Brothers. of those guys. They're so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Uh, Evil Uno, or as he was player Uno back then, was one of the first people I interviewed for for wrestling stuff. Oh, cool. um, because they were, they were trying to get, um, it sounds insane now, but they were trying to get visas to the UK. And the only way you get a visa to come work in the UK is you have to have a body of work. So they, they were doing interviews. They were kind of desperate to have interviews to show how cool they were so they could have things they could print off and take to the British consulate and say, we want a visa to come work in the UK, which sounds like, but that's the, that's the way it works now. Now, AEW would sort that all out for them. They'd get the UK tour. They'd be fine. So I'm happy cool. that those guys have got that kind of sway these days. Well, most improved here for from Bryn has been Adam Page, which I can totally see why. Um, but yeah, Dave, I'm going to say most improved has been Impact Wrestling. <laughs> like, okay. I went for wrestler, not oh, Impact, fair. but I think we're very going to be very Cause, similar. Cause, so you explain we, first. Because we've talked about this a bunch of times on the Rewind, where it's like, you know, it's no secret I've worked with TNA with Impact for quite some time. And um, they went from being a company that had a lot of. Uh, oh, okay, you're back. They had a lot Man, of premise. Deep in thought there. Yeah, no, they had a lot of. <laughs> they had a lot of premise, but then um, a lot of promise. But then obviously, what happened happened, and they kind of came back around, but kind of almost out of nowhere, they have revived and become probably what is the most interesting wrestling promotion of 2020. And then obviously doing the stuff with AEW as well with their impact with their uh, impact invasion. That's amazing. So for me, I'm like, most improved has to be Impact Wrestling, where, you know, I would say to people, oh, if you don't like wrestling or if you don't like WWE anymore, go watch Impact. And that would be my kind of talking point for most 2020 would be that. Yeah. And I'm not far off from that. I mean, we've talked about this at length on our shows where the lockdown has essentially been the great equalizer. Every company is kind of on the same level because there's, you know, Um, I went more specific, but stayed with Impact. Rich Swan, man. From the oh, way that he cool. left WWE as just a shoe away, you know, whatever dancer to what he's doing right now. He bulked up some in Impact Wrestling and uh, man, to become their champion. It's just, I'm loving, loving the matches he's putting out to get right now. And uh, it reminds me of those fond pro wrestling gorilla days where he and Ricochet would come to the ring and they would have, you know, easily the best tag team in the world. And um, it's just so much fun to see him get get this kind of push, which is deserved. And again, like you said, if you don't like WB, you're missing out on some great stuff in some other companies. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I will agree. I mean, like, I have a friend who we used to watch Impact every Sunday night for years. Um, I'm not watching it tonight with her because I'm knackered. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, we, and we, about two years, we just gave up. It was dreadful. It yeah. was awful to watch. It was a chore to watch. And there were some horrible people on the roster and it was, ugh. and it was like, we just gave in and started watching AEW and other stuff. And then we went through yeah. pay-per-views and stuff, but we have started watching it again because it has become interesting again. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, especially the women's division has been exceptional this year and, um, and especially the tag division as well. 
So I'm I'm much more in favour of Impact Wrestling. Josh Matthews is still the worst wrestling commentator of all time, and I have to watch it with the sound off. But yeah, we we've talked about we've talked about this. It's gonna like he be, he became a parody at some point. Wrestling <laughs> if you go commentator. back, if you go back a couple episodes, I did make a desperate plea to Josh Matthews to please go back to who you were ten years ago because you were one of the best commentators around. Um, I didn't mention this before, but we were talking about. Um, most of you brought up Eddie Kingston. I also want to give props to Eddie Kingston because I'm pretty sure he doesn't realize that wrestling is not at work or it's not fake. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think the guy realizes it. So, I still real more power to him. I just I love Eddie Kingston. I just I um, there was a video that that um, from a couple of weeks ago after uh, he gave a speech in the locker room after the Brody King tribute, and it's just. Nobody loves pro wrestling more than Eddie Kingston loves pro wrestling. Absolutely. You know, he was from everything, all the pros I, when he got signed with AEW, the amount of praise he got from his colleagues. Um, and like, I can't remember which wrestler, there was a female wrestler and she was, she just ran into Eddie in the locker room. And the first thing he says was, you're all right. And she was like, y- y- yeah, cause she was nervous cause it's freaking Eddie Kingston. So like, oh, that's cool. You sit down, you have a chat. Never met him before. She, he just, I made sure she was all right, made sure she felt comfortable, looked after mm. her. And there's a lot of veterans who would not do that. Um, sure. She was a rookie. She was kind of shy and he made sure she was comfortable and made, made her feel welcome in the locker room and looked after her. He is what pro wrestling should be about. Mm. Well, you know, it's funny that you that you bring that up because Bryn's pick for comeback of the year and he does put again in brackets, may not count Eddie Kingston Again, brackets <laughs> close to retirement has sold most of his gear to a lot, uh, and then has become a locker room leader in six months. So, you know, go him. Yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like uh, the most. Um, I guess we're doing comeback of the year next. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Ties in. So, James, who have you got for comeback of the year? I give this. Um, I did this a while ago um, because the Troopany Show did it at the beginning of December because we get into Wrestle Kingdom season and that's a whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. we we do previews and the actual shows and then the then the the the, the follow up show. Mm. If you would like to go to the Trippany channel, listen to today at Wrestle Kingdom, um, and you can listen to me. And then on Monday you will be able to hear. Well, this will happen after that has happened. Anyway, yes. So so we did it a while ago. But my picks were Motor City Machine Guns and mm. the Rock and Roll Express because Rock and Roll Express. I Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Well, Ricky Morton will continue until he's like wrestling in the grave, clearly. And the fact that he had like a 20 minute barnstorming main event with Joey Janela at mm. spring break is insane at his age and bled everywhere over everybody. But the Rock and Roll Express <laughs> have been literally one of the most vital tag teams in the world. They're running the, they were NWA World Tag Team Champions for the umpteenth time at the beginning of this year. And oh, it's wow. just like, you're still it's like why are you doing this you know you've got wrestling schools and you've earned a load of money and they're doing it because they love it and they can still do it even though you know robert stands on the the apron does about three moves and ricky does all the work that suicide dives though man yeah i was in shock when i saw that (laughs) but like to be fair ricky ricky martin's like 64 and pulling out canadian destroyers (laughs) <laughs> it was fun to see. Yeah, and most okay, machi- are the best. Yeah, and, ma- and most machine guns. It, we had uh, Alex Shelley coming back was excellent, just because I love Alex Shelley. Yep. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant wrestler, and he had the 
run in the the dusty classic with uh, to reform the time splitters which was amazing and then to come it back was. full time sorry it was right. so I love then, time splitters. Yeah. yeah and then to come back full time with motor city machine guns it's been it's been absolutely unfortunate that throughout the career, Kushida, Shelley, and Sabin have never been all in the same company at the same time. So you could have like the best six man tag team ever, but no. <laughs> uh, just, Who knows? Just, there's still time. There's, there's still time. time. Yeah. yeah. If, if Kushida manages to like you know run his contract out, <laughs> <laughs> and they they all end up back in New Japan for one last run at the Never Open Weight Six Man Titles. Um, yeah. It, it was it, watching them two back together is absolutely poetry in motion, and they're so influential on the tag teams that are around today. Tag team wrestling would not look the same if it wasn't for the time splitters and the Motor City Machine Guns. But I'm giving it to the Motor City Machine Guns just because um, they had more time together. They Fair. weren't splitting their time, if you will. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. I was just about to get to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave, who have you got? I love, I love that you brought Mercy Machine Guns up because they do not get enough attention for being just consistent for like 10, 15 years. Um, I even I even like the little uh, beer gun thing that they had to do when I was <laughs> no, out. That, was, that, that amused was me. That was fun. Um, that said, I hate... This one's kind of a throwaway because it's way too obvious. But I mean, I don't know how I don't give this to Edge. The guy was supposedly retired, uh-huh. shows up at the Royal Rumble completely unexpectedly unless you're somebody that reads rumors. And I mean, just the fact that he essentially came out of retirement to having the quote unquote greatest match ever, which actually wasn't bad. Um, I, I just, I, he's, I don't, I don't know how I can even pick anybody else. I'm not a big mm. fan of edge. You know, that as you've watched our stuff, we covered of him uh, in the late nineties, but man, it's just, I don't find a way to get around it. That's fair. Um, for me to come back in the year is going to be Finn Balor. In NXT, um, went from just being completely forgotten in WWE on the main roster to going back down to NXT, rejuvenating the entire thing, and just having some absolutely fantastic matches. I don't know if you guys have seen New Year's Evil. Um, it's it's just a phenomenal match. So fair play to Finn Balor, um, current NXT champion. So for me, that's a comeback of the year. Like if you had written them off. And I don't blame them because his his work on the on the main roster not so much, um, but yeah. So that's comeback for me. Next one, what we got? Oh, moment of the year here from uh, from Bryn is Kenny's heel turn. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. I think it was well done. It was a long time coming. Um, and it was kind of like, it was a very, it's the kind of thing Gato would do in New Japan. They learned an awful lot from Gato. Yep. Gato's the best booker in the world. Um, and he slow burns stories better than anybody else. So I think they paid a lot of attention to what he was doing in New Japan. And I think that worked out well. Um, and I, I would agree with, with Bryn that it that was certainly, um, uh, it, it was just so well done. And I think that for which for Western wrestling fans, you don't... I think the issue for Western wrestling fans is that um, they don't get treated with enough respect to be able to do that kind of thing. Like, you look back at what Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair did in 89 and 90, the Worlds of 89. That was Mm. six months worth of matches. And a few that lasted six months, you'd never get that now in any promotion. Western wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, is more about 
instant or it's unfortunately become more about instant gratification yeah. than they just don't want the pops. They just want the moments. Um, and they forget about, you know, the storylines and angles that keep you tuning in each week, not just once every three months on YouTube to see, Oh wait, what well, something interesting happened. Let me check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you look at Hollywood movies, they, they, they talk about things called gag fatigue. Like if you've got a comedy, they will take jokes out because jokes have to have time to hit. You have to, yep. you know, have to sit back and relax and, and, and feed into them. And that's the thing that wrestling in North America does less of now, which I miss. It's one mm. of the reasons why I like Japanese wrestling because like the Tetsuya Nato story to the IWGP heavyweight championship literally took six years. You know, I started watching when things were going downhill for him before they came up in 2013 and he didn't win the championship until two that well, he did win the championship once, but the proper reign didn't start until 2020. That's a seven year story. Mm. That the fans have got their teeth into, they know everything about him. That's why they love NATO. You know, NATO's supposedly a heel, but he's the most beloved wrestler in new Japan because the fans have bought into what he's selling. And, that's what I like about the Kenny story with AEW. It's not my pick, but certainly I think it, it, it certainly hit home a lot more than a lot of stories in North America have done. I would have to say, you know, it's like the, one of the biggest criticisms that you can have about wrestling in the West now is, is you know, obviously it's it's not week to week. It's more like tweet to tweet mm, where yeah, you kind yeah. of clip to it. And that's what it really feels like. But the only real kind of change in that is impact right impact wrestling is not doing that now they are taking a lot more of their time to do stuff and we talked about this dave on the the rewind with um the whole ken shamrock thing with sammy callahan you know and yes. it's just that whole feud is just a year in the making where it keeps uh, coming and going um, or or it's, to, to throw on to what you're saying, since you're talking about Eddie Edwards as well, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan bat incident. I mean, they're yeah. still using that. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, was, not, not, not so awesome as how it started, but no. awesome that they you know played <laughs> into it. But I, no, that's I, it. it. Sorry, James. Cool. I was going to say, but again, that that Callis is a territory guy, and Callis yep. has also spent a lot of time in New Japan. He wasn't just sat there commentating on matches he learned a lot from that storytelling sound and that's i think that's the thing as well aw i know you guys say it's, it's basically wcw but it's very new japan in its approach you know it's in, in its long-term booking and you, you'd expect it to because it's got loads of new japan guys is it oh, somebody that i know put on twitter that they really don't like the fact that aw may be working with new japan so it's just really surprising to hear that person make those comments right now it was that me. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say. I'd, well, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of more into. I, yeah, Brian said. I can't say. It was like, who doesn't want to see this? And you replied, eh. I don't. No one does. <laughs> yeah, Brian. No, but I, that that is that is also like I'm saying it's influenced AEW and it's influenced Impact. I didn't say I want to see him wrestle each other. God no. <laughs> Uh, no, what I will say is, like, don't get me wrong. AEW is great if they just took away Cody Rhodes. That would be, <laughs> that'd be brilliant. If if just, he never wrestled ever again, it would be, you know, totally fine. Well, he, um, he will be going on paternity leave soon as well, won't he? So there you go. Brilliant. Hopefully, yes. he never comes back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's not that I hate him. It's just he just needs to stop badminton Triple no, H, and then it'll be fine. Well, yeah, there is that issue. You know, it's just he just cannot stop doing that. So if yeah. he just gets over it, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, look, I think Impact Wrestling, the fact that they have that kind of 
you know, you can watch it month to month to month and then a couple of months out, you're still kind of caught up and you've not missed anything, but the storyline has kind of progressed. I think that's great. It's, it's weird because we're going back and watching wrestling from the 90s, obviously. No, I wanted to pick uh, the cat as valet. The <laughs> <laughs> but what's great about it is, like, if you actually go back and watch that stuff or anyone who checks out our show will know that we're, at the moment, we're doing an arc that begun in August of 1999, and we're still following it now, going into 2000, the January 2000. That just doesn't happen nowadays. You know, your WWE in particular. Just if you didn't watch the show on Monday, not much has happened a week later, or they've completely dropped stuff or forgotten things. So it's just it's a nice throwback, you know, to have long-term storybooking because it actually, stuff actually means things rather than tweets. You know, that you get oh this big moment, okay. Yeah, well, great. You know? I'm glad that Bryn got this much time for us to talk about his answer, but how about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, moment welcome, here. Bryn. That's that's fair. Yeah, he, he's here more in spirit than, than he'd like to be. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, moment of the year. Look, I'm. I don't know. For me, I'm just going to jump in real quick and say, uh, probably Drew winning the belt. Uh, very surprising. Uh, WrestleMania in general, actually, I want to change it to WrestleMania in general this year. It was the weirdest, strangest thing I've ever seen on television, but I also loved every moment of it because of how weird it was. Except for watching it in the room with my parents because, you know, the women matches where there was no crowd or no, no, no noise. And if you weren't watching the screen, it really sounded awkward. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just the whole, they're like, "Oh, what's this?" I'm like, "Oh, Trustmania," and then it's just like you turn away from the screen and you're like, "This literally could be loads of different things." At the way what it sounds like, so uh, yeah. But in general, WrestleMania was great for me. Moment of the year is just the fact WrestleMania happened and how it happened. Yeah. Only find out seven days before. Well, actually, my moment of the year, uh, kind of related to WrestleMania, but would happen in November, and uh, we could say. Oh, the whole Undertaker retirement thing. But I want, I want to pick a specific moment. And this is the moment that hit me the hardest out of everything I watched in any promotion of wrestling all year. And that was 81-year-old Vince McMahon coming out to the ring and acknowledging the fact that the Undertaker was retiring. That's what hit me more than anything. Mm. Because if you watch the documentary, Last Ride and all that that came out, basically Undertaker will do whatever Vince asks him to do. He'll come back and do a match, etc. So to have Vince actually walk out and say, even even reference WWF, which was like a oh, crazy moment too, um, it, to finally admit like, yeah, he's done. This is it for Taker. That's when I think it hit me the most. And I don't, I don't mind saying it. We talked about it on our show. That's, that's when the waterworks started going for me. Cause I was like, <laughs> oh, there, this is not a work in any way. Like, yeah. It, he's yeah. done. And Vince yeah. is saying, I'm not going to ask him to do anything. So for me, um, yeah, that was my childhood, my life. Of, you know, everything just kind of in that moment. I was like, wow. Just wow. All right, also watching James. people get thrown off a building in Money in the Bank was interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. That was amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I forgot that happened. James. Uh, my, my is nowhere near as epic as that. I was just really excited for Motor City Machine Guns coming back. It was like, this, oh, this is... It, yeah. and it's just a personal one for me it's like I've missed this style of tag wrestling even though I watched New Japan Junior tag wrestling which is kind of really built on that style it's just not as good as watching the time splitters on Motor City Machine Guns it's not it's different I'm saying it's not as good that's not fair the, the teams there are very good 
But there's also been a flat year for New Japan's junior heavyweight tag division because whoever held the belts got injured. So it was, like, it was like, and they've got too many titles really for like the COVID era because yeah. I think we kind of like Meany and Hamilton from, um, uh, I can't remember what side he works for. I think it's for um, Wade Keller. That's how I can't remember. We was talking in chat and he was like, he counted up eight tournaments that they've had this year. So like the junior heavyweight tag tag team division has kind of been a bit... <laughs> so, push to the side. Yeah, push to the side. But mostly Machine Guns just watching them, just like, this is... I think they wrestled the Rascals the first, like the first couple of shows on Impact and it was like, this is so good. They're exceptional to watch. And I don't normally get teary-eyed for like veteran teams or veteran wrestlers, but mm. it's like these guys deserve one more run in the sun. You know, this, yeah, this is absolutely that they have been so influential on what tag wrestling is these days, and they deserve the kudos for it. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And also, no, I, Carol, sorry, the only thing still, I hate, no, 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 it's okay. The only thing I hate about the the, the 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 guns coming back is that they they don't use their old music. I know it's a small <laughs> thing, but I love their old music. Anyway, sorry, go on. I was going to say, uh, the other thing that made me pop was uh, Desperado from New Japan, who's their current IWGP Tag Team Champions, said on Twitter, in Japanese, and I translate it, so the, the, the quote tweeted uh, Motor City Machine Guns GIF from Impact Wrestling, and he's like, me and Nobo could have them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool. That's the kind of thing I want in like cross promotional stuff. It's just like just picking on other teams. <laughs> but see, that that makes it feel more kind of real. Like yeah. it kind of ties into the next one, promotion of the year. Bryn for some reason has AEW, but he did say technically <laughs> didn't watch enough of them of yours to qualify. Well, that's your own fault, Bryn. I'm sorry. Accepting that as an answer. <laughs> Uh, but he even said he didn't watch enough of them even though I told him to watch Impact and Good Things he just want, wanted to go to Cody so it's like alright um, <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> but um, yeah what I did what, for me obviously it's Impact Promotion of the Year because of this cross promotion element that they had right where like as you said they acknowledge I know I know AEW do it too um but whatever. Um, they, acknowledge, they acknowledge that other people exist and other promotions exist and it adds to the overall landscape of the product. It's not this weird isolation sandbox that WWE has. Can have, I jump which in real quick and ask you a question, Dara? Yes. So I just want to make sure, I'm, I'm just as pure clarification for our listeners. AEW sure. is not an acceptable answer. However, no. picking Impact because they chose to work with AEW is a proper <laughs> yes. answer? Of course it is. Okay. No, I just want to understand. No argument. Just, <laughs> just want to clarify that. No, it's just basically as once once I can remove Cody from the situation, it's okay. <laughs> so I that's why I don't get interviews with AW. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I like AW. AW are great. It's just Cody Rhodes isn't. That's the problem. Just get rid of him and it's fine. But it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I Impact Wrestling get it for me for a lot of reasons. Um, they've worked with so many great companies and have they literally made the biggest storyline of the year with this invasion thing before obviously Brody Lee died in the past and Brody Lee and that kind of took things a little bit that was, um, that was in 2021 though yeah I know but still it kind of took away from some of the 
the work they're doing there. So they will get back to it. But uh, it changed the wrestling landscape literally overnight. So fair play to Impact Wrestling for for doing that. But uh, yeah, that's why they get promotion of the year for me. So James. Um, I'm, I'm going to feel bad now because I'm going to say AEW. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Look, I, I'm I gonna, have no problem with AEW. I'm going to I'm going to say this. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Ring of Honor just for keeping Sumi mm. Sakai employed because she's Fair the enough. greatest human being on earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to my actual answer. Um, yeah, AEW just because they've been uh, creative with what they've done, like you said. I think. I like the style of booking because it's a mm. throwback, but it's still got a modern edge to it. They've reinvented yeah. a lot of people without them losing their charm that they had in the first place and the reason why you liked them in the first place. Mm. Um, and I think they've they've taken chances. They've probably signed far too many people, and it's a shame that certain people didn't get the opportunities that they could have done because of COVID. Um, mm. You know, but equally, I think they've found some diamonds in the rough, like people like Anna Jay, she's great. And I think she's yep. going to do really well. And I think that uh, the only Dallas thing, <laughs> I'm thinking younger people, <laughs> but you know, he was on their programming. <laughs> For some diamonds, we got to, we got to acknowledge it. But yeah, but I think, Sting. oh yeah, Sting's not even on moment of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's all right. Sting. have crowed away. Yeah. Um, but I think they've got loads of upside as a yeah. company that can grow and they've done a lot with what they've, they've got. Again, I, I would agree, like, they don't particularly need to keep relying on old people so much and there are things they could fix. Like, why hasn't Hikuru Shida got half an hour to the show by herself? Um, so I, I, have to I don't it. have any problem with saying that she is the best wrestler on the planet right now. I don't, yeah. I, I don't mind. Like, you know, Yoshiki or any of them, there's just, oh my gosh, something really special happening there. And they don't get enough attention. And it's, I, I think it's because of people like myself, people like Dara, where we, whether it's just the language barrier or what it's, you know, maybe it's the time that we have in the week when we actually do get to sit down and watch like a cup from New Japan blown away. But yeah. normally yeah. it's not where our attention falls. So I yeah. feel yeah. like a lot of people don't realize what they're missing out on. Akira Shida has been a top 10 wrestler for the last seven years. Yeah. She had a match with Aja Kong two years ago, just before she signed with AEW, which is one of the best matches I've ever seen. And the fact that she understands character so much better than a lot of any wrestlers, really. The match she had with Aja Kong, she made Aja Kong bleed and she didn't wash her tights so that every time she appeared on TV, she had Aja Kong's blood on her tights. That's, cool. That's so hardcore. Yeah, and it's like, that. that is like, I beat God, now try and beat me. That's- well, dude, but here's the thing though, right? The, the women's division in... About in, in impact and in AEW are mm. just out of this world. Like, and I, I love WWE, quite frankly. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, that's yeah. it. Like, the, the WWE's women's division is night and day from what it was. But the fact that the unfortunately, <laughs> watch your no, last st- show to figure out what I mean by that. Stop, stop trying to make Armageddon 1999 happen. <laughs> what Armageddon 1999 happen? Where is my cool? What's going on? on? Hold on a second, James. How did you have you listened to the show from 1990 like we did? I listened. I didn't get a chance to today because I listened to the um, the other show that you sent me yesterday, um, but I didn't get a chance to listen to the 99 one. I will do this week. So basically, Dave is referring to the the pool evening gown match. 
from Armageddon 1999 and he talked about it for 10 minutes about how it was the best thing ever so that's <laughs> that, that's for reference for anyone who uh, check out our last show and you can get all the context um, Dave, Dave the, needs to see the FMW swimming pool death match from 1996 that's what he needs to see making notes <laughs> making notes, <laughs> making notes. Um, I, I, I Wait, loved... who, 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 which promotion was it? That was FMW, and it was a no-rope, double-hell-death, exploding barbed wire, C-mine match. C-mine? Wait, was that the one with Jack and uh, Funk? No, it was... Uh, no, the same promotion, but that was... No, different promotion. That was the IWA promotion. That was... The FMW hey, one was... Make uh, a note. Yeah. Watch <laughs> FMW 1999... Ninety six. Ninety six. Also ninety six. Ninety six. Yes, it was a ne- it was Anita and oh, a bunch of other people, and it was it's just ridiculous. It's just the most crazy thing. It's in the nineteen uh, the Tokyo Olympic Swimming Stadium, and they put the ring in a pontoon in the middle of the swimming pool and lay mines around the outside. I think Mike Austin's in that match as well. Oh, oh that uh, makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And shout out to Mike Austin, one of our biggest biggest supporters this year. <laughs> for reference Dave didn't know that Mike Awesome was dead oh <laughs> really <laughs> I talked at great length for how impressed I was and I was wondering why he wasn't making a comeback Eric <laughs> thought I was joking he didn't decide to fill me in <laughs> um, so that was a moment from 2020 if you guys want to look back on the podcast so, so Dave now knows why Mike Awesome isn't making returns anymore. But look, I do have to say, uh, the female division is fantastic in AEW. I've really enjoyed the influence of Japanese talent. Um, you know, I pretty much everything you guys have said is, is pretty cool. Also, the fact Serena Deeb is there is nice, but mm. we do have we do have to we do have to give props. And it's it's weird because right, there's the best wrestler, best match, all that kind of stuff of the year. But I don't know if we were picking male or females for this. Oh no no! Um, we we well, don't we don't do gen, we don't do, do gender get to divisions. Make a pick for promotion of the year. No, the only reason why is because because no matter who I pick for best wrestler of the year, would you stop it? I have no hold on. No hold on hold on. There is no hold on. Why are we going to another category? No, I just want to say. How are you going to chop this video up when my choice happens five minutes later? I just want to say one thing. No respect. I'm like Rodney Dangerfield right now. I get no respect around here. Dave, I just want to make a pick. No, the only reason why is because he's when still, we get to he's still justifying. No, when we get to it, I'm going to have two picks, so I just want to make sure that's okay. Because no, 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 SP one. The oh, okay. show has always been genderless. Mako Satsumura was picked as the greatest wrestler in the world, which she is for the last <sighs> six years. So that's that's it. One. I know, I know, but now I can't cheat. Okay, all right, go on, Dave. You're, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Your pick. <laughs> your pick anyway. Though. Um, the promotion of the year I'm going to give it up to GCW uh, Game Changer Wrestling who I referenced earlier with the Gage vs. Slack match and my reason is this that is the only promotion during lockdown that I have been actually able to attend a show for um, they've done really creative workarounds because uh, you know it's, it's, a, it's an indie company mostly deathmatch uh, styled it's basically what CZW turned into once everybody from CZW left and um, went over to this company and they did drive-ins in Atlantic City. So they did drive-in wrestling live shows so the talent could get paid. Um, they did a socially distanced one um, that I went to on a farm back in, I think it was May, June, actually. Um, so they continued to grow. They 
continued to expand their fan base. They got into a partnership with Fight TV, et cetera. And um, yeah, I just want to give it up to them for actually finding a way as an independent promotion with no, uh, essentially no media grab. You're not getting money from a network to be on or anything like that. And they're surviving and they're thriving. So I got to take my hat off to them. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So no, that's damn pick, Dara. No, no, I'm, I'm not making my pick yet. I've already, I've already said my promotion of the year. Uh, feud of the year. Bryn has the elite versus the inner circle. Ugh. No. <laughs> Does, I'm just curious. Has Bryn ever left Reddit, or is that just Ray Lynn? I don't know. I'm just assuming he's just been on the AEW, you know what, all year, man. I'm gonna, we're going to have to have words. <laughs> I know he's had a busy year, but, you know, come on. This is this is too Reddity for me. Um, okay. So, James, go for it there with your pick. Oh, are you going to let your Dave pick for feud of the year? Let, let Dave go first. With no, I'm not going first. What was your pick? For... <laughs> what was my pick for feud of the year? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And then I'll okay. go for James because he runs this network. And at least I know you'll actually go to him after me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Dave, that's made me feel really powerful. And I appreciate it. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you can cancel Dara anytime you want. That's, that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't uh, know how I'll stream, but you can cancel it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I re- It's weird, right? Because I, I usually hate this guy, but I have to say Cena and The Fiends feud is pretty good uh, for that match at WrestleMania in particular. I just thought that was such a weird, unique way of doing it. And then obviously adapting with the whole... Um, virus thing as well to, to go in and having their Fireflies Fun Health match that has to get it it was such a good feud it's either that or um, AJ Styles and Taker um, for again the similar kind of thing but going completely two different ways um, so yeah it has to go to those two like for they were big standouts early on in the year and I think if um, if what happened hap- ha- didn't happen I think we probably I probably have a much different opinion on Cena um, Fiend but I think and the same even with Taker and AJ but I think it's a, a tie up between those two for me mm. okay. well that segues in well for mine uh, my feud of the year is um, pretty generalized actually and that is professional wrestling versus the pandemic mm. because oh. I there's maybe nothing more surprising for me than um, the fact that wrestling continued I knew it would. I knew it would in some fashion. It's not like it was going to disappear, but they managed to not miss a week. Um, each of the major promotions, AEW, Impact, WWE, they all found ways to still get their talent paid, essentially still operate as a business. This could have easily destroyed any of them. And uh, you've got Impact, which is kind of like a cockroach during a nuclear war, just for whatever reason survives. <laughs> and uh, you got AEW, which has significant financial backing, focused in Florida. UWD focused in Florida. They were able to lobby, how do I put this? They were able to lobby politicians in an appropriate <laughs> way to uh, be declared a, uh, that, a business not, that could still uh, operate. So that, That's a nice way of saying there's a right-wing lunatic in charge of Florida. There's lots of nice <laughs> ways to say things. I, won't say I, don't, I won't even mention who worked for the administration. So point being... Um, But no, in all sincerity, uh, it's also one of the heartwarming things for me. It's just this constant innovation where we got cinematic matches and uh, the Thunderdome, which 
has become a little played out at this point, but you've got all of these new types of matches and situations and ways to deal with crowds, uh, ways to interact with the fans that Chris we would have cameos. to see without what happened and also, here. And you also got a Chris Benoit cameo as well. <laughs> and Kenny Omega cameo. Thanks to the Thunderdome. Um, Enzo, too. He's banned. Enzo as well, yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, point being, aside from Dara, um, yeah, super impressed with the fact that wrestling is still going hard and is surviving this pandemic. They found a way, and hats off to them. Cause, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I can't think of anything tougher than that. I can't think of a feud more back and forth. People didn't want them open. People wouldn't want them shut down. Um, and they got through it. We even got through Roman Reigns being blacklisted and coming back. So a lot happened because of this pandemic. That's true. He was blacklisted and coming back. Yeah. Was he blacklisted? I just thought I just thought he was like just um, taking. Well, if you read Reddit, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Reddit is like everything. But speaking uh, of which, right now, after what you said, Dara, Brynn is furiously typing on there. John Cena was never in the NWO. The match sucked. That Firefly Funhouse (laughs) was complete nonsense. (laughs) Uh, James. My feud of the year was a good old-fashioned wrestling feud, which is Diana Perazzo versus Jordan Grace. Oh, go pick. Go pick. I mean, don't get me wrong, no Dashwood, but I'll listen out to your pick. And go <laughs> it up was, there. It was, um, I think Diana Perazzo is an outstanding professional wrestler, and she's very creative and was absolutely wasted and was completely just signed so she didn't sign with AEW uh, when she went to WWE, and that's absolutely unfortunate. And it's a bit like um, when it, well, it, it just was just wrong in my estimation of why would you warehouse this great talent that could do amazing things with most of your roster? Um, and then she finally broke out and she was able to bring this feud with Jordan Grace, who I also adore. I think mm. she's an exceptional talent. And they put in together these matches that were, just excellent stories, well told. And it's, you kind of, Perazzo has got this kind of presence about her and a lot of it, I mean, she comes through the uh, Rip Rogers system of, of mm. training. So she's very well-rounded in basics and she's picked up on the Fujiwara Ambar as a finisher and that's made it about her persona. And it's got a very Bockwinkle flair kind of feel to what she's doing. And I appreciate that. It right, brings a deep. sense of, brings a sense of like professionalism and that style of championship, very much what Nick Aldis has done with the NWA title as well. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, and Jordan Grace is kind of like the her dusty roads in the sense of she's a she's a um, a big, technically adept, very powerful wrestler, but it kind of set Jordan Grace up to go do some X Division matches. She became a threat to the whole roster, which is what Perazzo's job is to elevate other people. And she elevated mm. Jordan Grace and Jordan Grace was already on a high point when she got there. So I think she did a really good job with that particular story. Both of them did. And I think it was kind of like a, it was an old fashioned wrestling story told in a modern environment. And I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I basically, it ties in very nicely to the, what I was going to say next. Um, Really big fan of um, that particular feud as well, which is nice. Um, moving forward here. I mean, she was my favorite, so I found out that she was. was with the company. Yeah, well, that's exactly where I was going. She was she was my favorite too until 
you know, the, the wrestler of the year who I have to pick now. Uh, because I'm not. Oh, a, you are a, doing a, it! Oh yeah, my yeah. goodness gracious! <laughs> also, I don't say this gracious. What, what was that? Well, I wasn't going to, but now I have to because I'm not allowed to pick them out. Uh, wrestler of the year for me is Emma. So, or what's her what's her actual name? Dave? Tanel Dashwood. Dashwood. Yeah, well, she's it's not even a real name. It's I don't no, know what a real. But name that's is. I don't know. That's what her anyway, name is. I don't know. I've just been so impressed by her um, in Impact. Um, it's it's been great. I've enjoyed everything she's been on. Um, like the product in general is fantastic, but when she comes on my screen, life just gets better. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets to win. Yeah, she's she's something special. Yeah, absolutely. She's something special, which is why we spend way too much time talking about her on our shows. Absolutely, that's what. Oh, wait, her real name is okay. Her real name is Tennille Dashwood. I'm trying to look up what her impact name her, is. Her real name is Emma. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. According to Wikipedia, it redirects. So yeah, sure, why not? Now I, I Darren, I, I don't think there's anybody who've been more stunned with to come out of the blue this year than like Emma. Like, yeah, what? I know, right? Just the, crazy. the change in look, the everything. I mean, you know, hey, maybe in another life she doesn't try and shoplift, and we get to see her more in WWE. I don't know. It, I mean, I know morals and ethics are hard to maintain, but like you know. It's it's because she spent a year in Women of Honor, and then therefore may as well have been on the other side of the planet. True, true. But like I have to say, all, all the work that she's done, like honestly, like it's just it's it's all there. She's a total she's the total package, and the few the the pool of women that she's actually competing against, it's great. Like it wasn't even that. There's been like a loads of mixed matches as well in in in, in Impact Wrestling. Mm. So her interaction as well in those have been absolutely hilarious, where she's just taking selfies and stuff. It's brilliant. Like because she has full character, but then also been able to go out and just have phenomenal matches so like come on for me it, it, that doesn't emphasize what um what you're looking for with wrestler of the year i don't know what does you know i think i think one day somebody's going to write the book on women of honor to the 2018 to 2020 and it'll be like that death of wcw book because <laughs> it's just like how did you have this much talent and do nothing with it but yeah well, it, that's that. That's why we don't cover WWE week to week because we ask ourselves the same question. So. <laughs> so, why are we doing wrestler of the year before tag team of the year and? Because I want because I want to talk about Emma. Okay, well, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. We had, and we also, did... and, I, and also, it's because the way um, Bryn presented it to me as well here. So. Yeah, we like my 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 way around goes tag team and then wrestler. But anywho. So yeah. we're doing wrestler that, of the year first. No, we're not. We do wrestler of the year. We're not. We're doing tag team first. This is okay. We're doing tag, <laughs> tag team. That Dave's calling audible. Okay. This right. So sure nonsense. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Bryn picked uh, FDR for his tag team of the year. It's reasonable. Uh, I will go with the Good Brothers for my tag team of the year. How dare you? I know. Uh, so Dave, <laughs> follow that. <laughs> yeah, my tag team of the year. Um, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Is um actually a women's tag team and that's no uh sasha and bailey cool what um, that's yeah. a cool oh, choice whoa, though whoa, I like whoa. It. okay yeah i know i don't think i've ever picked a female wrestler um for a match of the year tag team or or wrestler of the year in my entire history of doing this sort of thing um sure. but that's why from I'm, that's where they so started shocked. yeah well from where they started with the tag team championships um together you knew the feud was going to happen at some point and i'm kind of including that feud hmm against each other into this I, it was mm. just man 
I mean, Bailey, the complete character shift, that worked. Nobody thought we'd get away from Hugonomics or whatever it was that she was doing for a while there. But, um, man, man he, he, I Hill have not Bailey fallen. Neil Bailey's yeah. class. Neil Bailey's yeah. amazing. Um, but more yeah. importantly, Sasha, man, she, um, I don't know if I just didn't notice as much in previous years or she really is doing something extra this year. But it just seems like the bumps that she takes – Sorry, fourth wall. The bumps that she takes, the moves that she actually do. It's like there's that AJ Styles-esque uh, accents that she gives moves that set her apart from people just doing a normal uh, suplex. And Sasha, just for whatever reason, for me this year has really lit my eyes up as you are incredibly special. I now know why you sat out and waited to get paid more because you deserve it. She's crazy good. You deserve it. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, clap. so tag team your Sasha and <laughs> Bailey for sure. Obviously, the Good Brothers, I'm completely behind. Love that they won the Impact Championship. That leaves just the AEW Championship for them, and then they have held the belts <laughs> for every major promotion that currently exists. Well, they've held all the belts that matter. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> you know, you know, he just slighted you, James. <laughs> no, they, no they've, held the, they've held the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships like five times. So no, there no, you no. go. He's slighted <laughs> AEW Tag Team Championships here, which I fully expect to happen with this Bullet Club uh, revival that they're kind of doing. With the can I just say at this point, to quote Tama Tonga this week, if there's no Tongans, there's no Bullet Club. Well, fair. <laughs> that, that's a fair point too. Well, I would say if there's no... David, there's no Bullet Club, but okay. uh, <laughs> the other one, the other one I had no to... wrestling, there'd be no Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I heard this week was this current like the, the AEW version of Bullet Club is like a Deo tie with eight B Priestleys, which I thought was very funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in full honesty, it. Sasha was almost my wrestler of the year, but um, Sports Illustrated decided to give it to her, so I picked someone <laughs> different. Um, but she, honestly, Sasha, I love. Just yeah. love and love no, and love. Just... Emma's great, but she, you know, she doesn't have and the in-ring Sa- capability. That and Sasha was in the Mandalorian so. as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, true. yes, nice crossover. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, James, who have we got? I'll pick the North. Oh, oh really? controversial! Yeah, yeah North, controversial. Because I, I like them as a tag team. I think they're really, really good. <laughs> I think they're good individual wrestlers, and I think like, Ethan Page is just funny and he makes me laugh and I enjoy his work online as a self-promoter and I just enjoy them as a tag team and watching them as a tag team because they're kind of a throwback to the Steiners that kind of big you know tag team of the 90s Doc and Gordy kind of tag team with a bit more of a sense of humour about them and I I like that not Josh Alexander obviously he doesn't have a sense of humour at all but that's a good straight man to play off against someone like Ethan Page so I'm a big fan of Ethan Page. He's worked very hard in Impact. And it, I'm assuming that this is some kind of ruse as far as his contractual obligations are concerned to get him mm. back in the company. I hope so, because I think he can do that creative stuff in Impact where it would kind of get, even in A&W, it would just kind of get lost in the, the wash. Whereas in Impact, it's got a much bigger splash because it's a smaller company and therefore yeah. he has a bigger impact. Your pardon the pun. Um <laughs> It's a bit like the the Jay White situation in New Japan at the moment, um, which is hilarious. But it's, um, uh, it's kind of like he, he impacts the right place for him to be. Um, Absolutely. I'm not sure that he would. I mean, I think I think he'd do well anyway. Don't get me wrong. I think he's incredibly talented and he'd find his niche. But I think he's got more options in Impact and he's got more stuff to do in Impact. 
You see, I think that's important. Um, and what's great now about 2020s, 2021s world is that, like, there's these little... It's the thing I said about the territory system. When those territories are there, you can go off and, you know, play with, with them and kind of become mm. your big stars in it. And then try WWE if it doesn't work, you can go somewhere else. And it's good that AEW is kind of like that other point place to go for that. But like we've said, it Impact Wrestling is the farm for AEW. But it's also where you get to see these massive breakout stars happening and just a good wrestling product that doesn't have Cody Rhodes ruining it. You know, it's it's great. You know, um, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. It, it, it just I, I like to see where he lands. Put it that way. I'm more interested to see where he lands than where Jay White lands because Jay White's probably staying in New Japan after Royal Red today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, wrestler of the year here. Uh, Brain has picked John Moxley. That's fair. Fair That's enough. Fair. I, I don't know, That's though. Fair. I would say the 2019 John Moxley. I would agree. He made more of an impact yeah. by leaving and then surprising everybody on Memorial Day. Yeah, it's, the same, with Jer- it's the same with Jericho as well. Weekend. 2020, 2019, not so much as well. But yeah, now Dave, you're right. Go on, sorry. No, I, need I don't have anything else to go. I was just. I mean, oh, I was no, you want me to make my pick? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, this one's really easy. Is uh, <laughs> 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 I know who this is gonna be. <laughs> so uh, my pick for wrestler of the year is uh, <laughs> actually the Undertaker, and oh, I'll tell wow. you why. Because he commanded the most attention globally to professional wrestling out of everybody did he have more than one match no he sure didn't did that matter it sure did not because nobody captivated the general public and also fans of wrestling's imagination the way that the undertaker did and maybe i'm lord of the rings in this with the third movie and saying hey let's just give you the oscars it's kind of like a lifetime achievement but I don't think I am. I genuinely think he took up a lot of conversation. He's the only wrestler that made me laugh, made me cry, made me super involved in his matches, made me actually care to turn on the television and watch the modern product. And the documentary that they put out about him is a must watch. You you absolutely must watch this on the network. If you haven't to sit down with Kane, Um, the brothers in destruction was brilliant. And then the way that his retirement was handled, just, just, just perfection. Nobody's, nobody's been able to keep my attention the way that Taker has. And what that's so weird because I never even considered him one of my favorite wrestlers. And Darren and I talked about this on one of the shows where it was like this year, I realized that something I've never realized before. And that's that Undertaker is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I had no idea until I realized yeah. he was gone. No, we I had the same realization. I've been watching Mark Calloway wrestle for 31 years you know that's that i did i'm not a wwe fan anymore and i don't watch wwe and i wasn't really caught up in it as much as i pick out the bits i want to see and stuff but i certainly Mm. felt like you know he's been a part of my life for a long over half my life you know and he's he had great matches in his day and he still continued to have great matches all the way through to more or less the end um mm. and i think that's the thing and there's there are guys like that out there that are going to be who just transcended the industry and he's one of those guys he, he 
people talk about wrestling like we used to talk about Big Daddy here and mm-hmm. Giant Stacks. He's that guy for WWE. People will know of the unfortunate stuff with Hulk Hogan, but equally, you know, The Undertaker is still on that level as far as his depth is concerned, as far as his work, his body of work is concerned. You know, that, that actual work rate that... that because he was the first big guy who could do that stuff. You know, you had you know people like Diesel and Sid and the six foot ten guys who seemed to be ten a penny in that era. But he was the only one who could work a believable match and and work with anyone and still make it look believable. Like guys wrestling guys like Bret Hart who were like six inches shorter and hundred pounds lighter, he could mm. make them seem like a viable threat to him. And even so, yeah he did so much in that period of time oh absolutely you know it's mm. one of those things as well that like the Undertaker is is wrestling you know is is western wrestling for a lot of people so yeah. it just it is what it is like you know obviously I love Triple H and stuff like that but I think as Dave said we had the realisation around the same time that Undertaker was everyone's favourite wrestler you know and it's just it's, it was that's probably the biggest loss for this year is that he is gone and also Undertaker unlike Hulk Hogan has unblocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> I blocked by Hogan as well. James, are you in on this? I'm I'm not blocked by Hogan. Oh um, man, you have to, you have to, to get this show, you sure will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blocked by Hogan. Um I will tell you this, Mike Freeland is blocked by Jim Connor and they work for the same network. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, Cornette, if you come across this, Vince Russo is a thousand times the man, booker, promoter, (laughs) storyline creator than you will ever be in your wildest imaginations. They they both work for LMW, and uh, yes, Cornette blocked Mike years ago. (laughs) There you go. Um, Okay, so we we have one category left. It's match of the year. No, I, I haven't said my wrestler of the year yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, James, Darren just doesn't it. care about us. As long as he and Ray get in, he's not even here. No, it's not. It's, this is what you do. This is why Dave works. He keeps me on track. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a role reversal. Sure. <laughs> so, well, my wrestler of the year, which is going to seem like a... No, it's not a lesser choice, but I picked Jordan Grace because, for the similar reasons I talked a lot about Eddie Kingston, she's just really good at what she does. She's a great example of what you should be as a professional wrestler. And I'm even more respect for a year because for now because she pretty much like is one of the best social media users for her as a self-promotional tool. She's a great example of it. And she spent the last year, you know, kind of picking fights. Well, not picking fights, but defending women's wrestling, defending women in wrestling and mm. her choices and her choices of doing what she does and she gets a lot of stick because she's married to a black guy who is also a very good wrestler as well in John Gresham. Um, and so she's stood up for racism, stood up against racism, rather. She stood up against racism. She stood no up against sexism. I was like, what? Yeah. She's, okay, gotcha. And um, she's done that. And then this year she said, I'm not doing it anymore. I shouldn't have to keep telling you and educating you. I'm going to stay away from drama. And she now just posts pictures of her cleaning her house and looking after the dog. And I think that's... Uh, that's a good thing. I think she's taking her personal stress away from her life. But also, no, we shouldn't have to be educated. We should just know this stuff now. Um, we shouldn't have to be told. And I think that's really cool. So as a wrestler and as a human being, my wrestler of the year is Jordan Grace. I like that. Cool. And something else we shouldn't have to be told is that uh, James gets to make picks. 
I think that's, that's very, that's why. And I also would like to point out, I would like to preface before we did wrestler of the year. My point was, Hey, I'm going to go second because I know you'll definitely get to James and won't try and just move on. To, and you still did. You still tried. It's all belong. It's, it's almost like I'm running a stream, monitoring the chat and looking at Brent's picks at the same time. I don't know what pictures of Brent you're looking at, but they can't be more captivating than us. <laughs> Uh, okay, so can I move on to match of the year? Is that okay, Dave? Like yes. we have control? Absolutely. All right, so match of the year, Bryn picked Young Bucks versus FDR. Again, I'm flabbergasted by these choices. <laughs> uh, but there you go. <laughs> reasonable wrestling match, that right? <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, come on. There was, you know, the Firefly Funhouse and everything really? else. Huh? <laughs> I, anyway, anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into my pick just yet. But um, what I will say is, Dave, what is your pick? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know where he's going with this. <laughs> Easily, the Boneyard match was yeah. the match of the year, and that's not even yeah. a cheap plug. I mean, quite frankly, this was a really, really weird time in wrestling when this happened. We found out about seven days before WrestleMania that no, no, no. You, we can't use the stadium. You can't use anything. You need to completely relocate. You need to come up with different ideas for matches. And this was a surge of creative juices that I don't think the WWE has had since like 2007. And it was amazing to watch this cinematic universe that they brought us into, which sadly has faded away from their products since the introduction of the Thunderdome. But this mm. match had everything in it that I wanted to have. It had the right match for Undertaker to be able to retire on and be able to go, you know, I'm great. People loved it. They think that was the best match of Mania for the most part. Um, AJ, I mean, it's AJ. So yeah. that, what are you going to get? And I mean, they incorporated it. The Good Brothers, they incorporated so many different elements. AJ took it to a level that I don't think Mark Calloway expected him to. And I say that with all respect because of some things that he said as Mark Calloway in interviews where essentially he had no choice but to bring back out the American badass persona because AJ was making specific um, uh, verbal attacks on the mic, specific promos against Undertaker's wife. So he couldn't pretend mm. to just be this dead man gimmick. He had to kind of meld all of his different characters over the years into the badass to come in and to watch him ride off on that motorcycle at the end with the pyro going crazy. And man, and just an amazingly fun, entertaining match that not only was apropos for The Undertaker's career, but also set in motion some amazing matches we would see over the next couple of months, um, including that Money in the Bank match, which was pure hysterical. And um, man, just this match was something special to me. And it's I've watched this match at least four or five times, aside from initially covering it on our show. That's mm. how genuinely entertaining it is for me. And I think you can watch it out of context anytime you want on the W network and it will hold up. I'm just, just, just astonished at what they were able to do in such a short period um, in such a chaotic, uh, chaotic time, not knowing what they were going to do, not knowing where revenue was going to come from. And uh, they're still going strong. And AJ, sure. you know, he lost his, he lost his buddies as they ended up getting fired right after main eventing WrestleMania with him, which I don't think has ever happened in history. Um, this match was special. It was it was a special one that I think all of us living in uncertainty 
during April, not knowing uh, when things might open, if things would stay closed, which we now know almost a year on that they did. Uh, it was it was a bright spot that I think brought a lot of us out of a kind of weird depression-y state when we were working from home and like we had to acclimate to this new atmosphere of the world. And uh, I, I've said it many times, but wrestling is kind of that escape from your reality. It forces you to suspend your disbelief to even you know acknowledge that something like this can be entertaining. And um, to have that, to have those moments, to have this match in particular, um, nothing in 2020 compares wrestling-wise for me. It set the tone. Fair. Um, yeah, like, again, I, I think the the match at full, at full gear, the Bucks versus FDR, is a very good match. Now, I think I did on the show call it one of the best tag team matches of all time. Um, so, look, it's a fair pick. Um the Royal Rumble is pretty good this year. Money yeah. in the Bank was wild, completely different as well for all the reasons that you said. Boneyard matches, you know, again, up there, but to pick something a little bit different. And surprisingly, uh, the greatest wrestling match of all time, or greatest wrestling match ever. Um, it wasn't, <laughs> but it was close. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. Um, and Which was both amazing. This was back when WWE was actually handing things appropriately. Yeah, and they were it trying was, new things. I, like, I, I agree I, with you, Dara. The fact that that match, I, I watched it out of grim, morbid curiosity <laughs> to be like, you've made big promises. There's no way you can follow through on this. And then they follow through and have probably one of the best, but one of the best matches WWE's ever done. One of the best matches Edge and Orton have ever done collectively. And it was just unbelievable. Um, I really enjoyed it from bell to bell. It was just so good. So, yeah, that has to get um, my pick for me, purely because it's so unbelievable to be make promises and actually kept them. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that gets it for yeah. me. But there's so many good matches this year, it's it's really hard to pick. This wasn't a Bethesda 16 times the detail Fallout 76 thing. They lived up to mo- – you're welcome, people who get that reference. Um, they, they really did live up to a lot of the hype. In that match, and I just wanted to kind of quickly tag on to my AJ versus uh, Undertaker Boneyard match. Um, if you want a straight wrestling match that was done really for no fans, just people in attendance, and be broadcasted, um, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan yes. on an episode of SmackDown. That was um, so for, good. I don't know if it was for the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title or if it was just for. I'm not sure what the details were in terms of that because it's slipping my mind, but. That was an incredible straight-up wrestling match where it wasn't all big moves and flashy things. It Essentially, they did it as a clinic to show up-and-coming wrestlers, this is how you do the fundamentals perfectly and how yeah. you can get over using the fundamentals, and they put it on yeah. display. So I want to throw it in as an honorable mention. Gulak did a similar one with Brian as well this year. Yes. Mm. Very similar match to it. Um, and New Year's Evil... Uh, which 2021 as well kind of follows the same same platform. But sorry, James, you got the last pick of the show. Um, mine's kind of basic, like really basic, and it is a game changer wrestling match. It's um, actually from Bloodsport three, and it's Sienna versus Lindsay Snow in the women's final of the tournament they had this year. And the reason why I picked that match is I like my wrestling visceral and realistic and. It was visceral and realistic. They hammered the hell out of one another. And it was a fun tournament. And it was nice that they finally had some women's matches, well, more women's matches on that particular format than they've had mm-hmm. in the past. 
I have a lot of time for Sienna. I think she's an incredibly good wrestler and she has got a main event mind. So that was going to help the match. Lindsay Snow is very, very good. And it just, it just kicked for me. And there was a lot of good stuff on the collective weekend. One of my other favorites was Sonny Kiss versus Cassandra, which was amazing. But this one, and it's kind of a similar reason to what Dave said in the sense of wrestling in the pandemic took a long while to figure out what it was going to be like. Yes. And this was kind of a throwback to what wrestling used to be like because mm. it's shoot style. And that's kind of where, where I enjoy wrestling the most uh, in a lot, in a lot of senses. Um, so for me, it was like, we don't have to be flashy. We don't have to have cinematic matches. If that's your thing, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we can have two people. There's a prize they're going for that prize and that's all the story you need. And that was what really drew me to that match. I mean, there's Moxley versus Dickinson was on that card as well, but I thought this blew that away um, as far as like storytelling was concerned and just having this visceral experience of what a professional wrestling match should be like. It's the exact opposite of the Undertaker thing, I suppose, really. But it was, it was, I still like it for the same reasons as Dave explained. Yeah, I like oh, that's um, fair. Yeah, I like that. By the way, Derek, Take that for not accepting my pick earlier. He just picked the match from that promotion as match of the year. I'm glad he saved that in his back pocket. <laughs> it's all right. Clarify it's all right. and get that out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was like Mickey Knuckles, and that's it. That's all he really had in that scene. So it's been really cool to see people added mm. into yeah. it like that. Love it. Love it. He's not wrong. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it um, for the 2020 year-end awards for North American wrestling. I uh, want to thank Bryn for sending his picks. I want to thank Dave, obviously, for uh, um, co-hosting the show with me and giving me a hard time. And James, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we're welcome anytime on the show. This has been really fun. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's you're always welcome back on the Troopy Show. Dave, as well as Dara. Dave, if you'd like to come and review weird Japanese wrestling with me, you're more than welcome. We, we'll find some early 90s C4 stuff from Japan. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do we it. can do it. There must be one FMW card that we haven't looked at. We we, we do a series on the Troopany show called uh, The History of Japanese Wrestling. And because FMW cards are so easy to find on YouTube, because as soon as one comes down, someone else sticks it up somewhere else. We've done everything FMW ever did. Um, but I'm sure we can find one just for you, Dave. Um, probably it. involving a swimming pool, so you feel at home. Ooh. <laughs> one thing we've learned about Dave, he loves swimming pools. So Listen, I'm house hunting right now. You know, we're trying to get more room for the baby, and you know, we want a swimming pool in the future. So these are things that have to be taken into consideration. So you can have your own, you have your own uh, sea mine matches. <laughs> exactly, because those other types of matches will not be happening. No, definitely not. But uh, yeah, uh, it was scary, man. They were, people legitimately, oh god, Japan, Japan. Japan. <laughs> So, James, if uh, people are checking out the channel for the first time and haven't had a chance to check your stuff out, how can they do it? Where can they find you? They can find me at Sheriff Lonestar. They can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter, The Troopany Show on Facebook, and on Patreon at The Troopany Show as well. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, God knows every other podcast provider you can think of. I actually did search the other day, and I found some podcast providers that I didn't know existed. Um <laughs> that we're on so yeah uh shows are monday is the troopany show which is kind of like my show which goes out every week um 
the Today at shows go out when there's a big event. So I did Wrestle Kingdom. There's a series on Wrestle Kingdom. There's a series on Best of Super Juniors and World Tag League and a best series on the G1 Climax. Um, occasionally, I haven't done it for a while, but I do uh, telling stories. There's a, there's a whole selection of podcasts on there, which is just kind of like an audio book of my writing in the past for different websites and stuff, which I have the rights to. <laughs> and... Um, and and of course there is the Wrestling Rewind, which is up every Thursday ish. <laughs> Thursday ish. <laughs> Thursday ish. Supposed to be on a Thursday when Dara gets it to me. <laughs> yeah, well we we've swapped the tape and now on Friday nights or going live on Friday nights. So, so it's not gonna happen on Thursday. <laughs> it's not gonna happen on Thursday. No, 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 no. Um but no, we are back to normal. Uh obviously trying to get some technical stuff issues sorted out. So uh yeah, thanks for having us on the, the network. We very much appreciate it and looking forward to a more normal twenty twenty one, hopefully. So uh yeah, we'll it'd be interesting to see where we are in a year. But um yeah, Dave, are we still doing hashtag save Dave or Oh yeah, sure. It's, it's uh, I got one new follower, so let's keep it going. <laughs> hashtag save Dave. Oh, was he gone? He's gone. This, this right here. There he is. There it is. There it is. Um, the Dave Stevens on Twitter. Don't follow me there, um, but follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I do post interesting stuff there. Um, but also follow me on Twitter because, you know, ego. Hashtag save Dave. And I hear that there's about 80 million people that just lost somebody they were following. So if you guys want to come my way, no complaints <laughs> here. Do you, do you want most people following you, Dave? Listen, it's all about metrics. <laughs> you work in tech long in time it's all about metrics following you on social media but just not following you <laughs> <laughs> and Emma no never mind <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on guys if you have just found us if you're checking us out on the True Penny channel if you're checking us out on Spotify iTunes all that good stuff go over to Nerd to Know Media uh, check out all the stuff there dwrestlingrewind.com you can find us as well and of course if you are checking us out on the True Penny channel thank you so very much we will be back next week to talk about Dave I have the best episode of Smackdown ever which you're not allowed to look results up for no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I you have, have to just watch it. I'm either going to watch it tonight or tomorrow. Depends on oh, the, it's going to be so fun. James, you, the football championship. But yeah, James, when you hear it, when you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, that, that makes so much sense. But, I'm not going to uh, tell him what it to. is as long as he doesn't spoil what happened. No, I can't tell him what it is because... I can't remember what happened reason. on SmackDown 20 years ago. I can barely remember <laughs> what happened last week. This is important. This is an important one and you guys will see why. So uh, do check out the, the Rewind next week. And if you're checking us out here, go live because we want to get we, we tape about at half 11 on a Friday night, um, English, Irish time. So that's when you guys can pop in the chat. So, guys, thank you for my uh, two co hosts and for Bryn out in the AW Reddit sphere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 